Welcome to Real Talk with Megan Luscombe. I'm Megan, and I'll be your coach for the duration of this podcast. We're going to be diving into topics surrounding life, love, and the spaces in between. If you don't like swearing, I suggest you stop listening now because some of my podcasts do drop a few F-bombs. I specialize in no bullshit commentary and real talk that aims to help you be your best you or have your best relationship. So settle in, grab a coffee, and let's step into today's episode. hello and thank you so much for listening to my podcast Real Talk with Megan Luscombe. I'm so happy and grateful to have you listening in on today's episode which is all about relationship patterns. I wanted to talk about this today because many people aren't aware that relationship patterns exist and some aren't aware of what their patterns are or they want to know about what the patterns are so I thought I would do a really quick podcast talking about it so I could start you off on some self-discovery. So a dating pattern is repeating the same behaviors over and over and over again with new people in our life. And we ultimately end up with the same results or the same relationship dynamics. But the thing is, if you want to have successful long-term relationships with anyone, you really need to understand your own pattern. So these patterns, they show up in all of our relationships and it's not just romantic. So it's really important to be aware of that. Sometimes we'll often think that relationship patterns are exclusive to romantic relationships. So that's why I'm pointing that out because it's not necessarily the case. You might see patterns in your friendships. You might see patterns when it comes to your work colleagues. So be on the lookout. Now, I want to start off by talking about different relationship patterns. So listen carefully and you will be able to see if you can identify yours. I'm going to be giving some examples when it comes to how it shows up in friendships, how it shows up romantically and also in the workplace where I have an example. And I also want to point out that some of these patterns can be good. So it's important when you hear yours don't necessarily go straight to the negative, okay? Because like many things in life, some behaviors are great when they're used for good and some of our behaviors when used for bad are obviously bad. So let's start off the relationship patterns with number one, the caregiver. So the caregivers are the fixers. They want to take care of um, or they want to help the person that they're with become a better version of themselves. So if you find yourself surrounded by people who want to be taken care of and you enjoy taking care of them, then you're probably the caregiver. So you might also surround yourself with people who don't want to be taken care of, but you sort of make it your job to fix them. Now, this can show up in friendships by always wanting to help your friends in their lives. Um, You might want to help them get a new job, find a partner. And like what I said earlier, Sometimes these patterns, when used for good, they can be fantastic. But if they're used for bad, over time, the caregiver can be really exhausting and draining. So the caregiver shows up in romantic relationships by a person picking partners that they want to change. And when we date somebody that we want to change, ultimately in the long run, we can cause a lot of resentment, which is bad. This can also show up in the office if, say, for example, you allow your boss or your teammates to rely on you emotionally. So your working relationships might err too much on the side of personal, which makes your team abuse your kindness. So 
If you resonate with this pattern, it's really important to remember that not everybody wants you to take care of them and that it's really okay to let other people spread their wings. The caregivers, it is a great pattern if you know boundaries, if you know when to stop being the caregiver and allow somebody else to take care of themselves. So important, if you identify with this, don't use it in a way to always take care of other people and know your limits and know your boundaries and know that other people obviously are able to take care of themselves. Relationship pattern number two, the alpha. So the alpha is nothing like the caregiver because the alpha wants to be 100% in charge of everything. So this means that they lay the rules down for the relationship and that they want control. So this shows up in friendships. If you're always the one who wants to decide where to hang out or what to do with your friends, In friendships, this works if one person doesn't like being in charge, but if your friends would like to use their voice, this can be a really unbalanced friendship if the alpha is always in control because other people in the friendship, our relationship dynamics, they don't feel valued. So it shows up in romantic relationships by the alpha making the big moves first. So perhaps they go straight to saying, I love you. And then they start making plans to move in immediately. So... It may be something where another person thinks it's exciting, but it's really important that if this pattern isn't kept in check, it can become really controlling. It shows up in the office when you have overbearing bosses, controlling colleagues, or you have micromanaging team members. Ugh, cannot stand micromanagement. Look, if you resonate with this pattern, really important to remember, you don't get to control someone else ever. You need to give people you care about freedom. And whilst... You like going in all guns are blazing. It's really important to remember that that's not always what everybody else wants. Number three, when it comes to relationship patterns, the parent. I see this one a lot in my coaching sessions, especially in male-female relationships. The parent dynamic happens when a person grows up with a strong maternal or paternal instinct. Um, Perhaps they can be the eldest child in some scenarios as well. And look, this role isn't always negative, but it's crucial to identify it within yourself if you notice it. This can show up in friendships if you're the mother hen of the group, if you're making sure everyone is taken care of. This can be really lovely for a friendship circle if it's appreciated, but it can turn pretty sour if you use this role to make your friends feel bad for their behavior. Same goes in romantic relationships. Um, A parenting pattern, it's supposed to make people feel cared for, not judged. And it shows up in romantic relationships if you're constantly nagging at your partner for things. Have you cleaned up? Have you done the dishes? Have you cleaned the yard? When are you paying the bills? This can work if your partner likes to be reminded, not nagged, about things. But if it is done from a nagging parental perspective, it has the opposite effect. And nobody wants to date their mother or father. I can't think of this dynamic in an office situation, but um, maybe throughout the podcast, I might something might come to me. So let's move on to the next dating pattern, which is the codependent. So this happens a lot in the early stages of friendships and relationships, and it's where two people sort of merge into one. If both people still keep their own independence outside of the friendship, this dynamic can actually really work. However, it can go sour if you start doing everything together and you no longer engage in activities outside of one another. Things such as like seeing your friends, doing things that you like, etc. A codependent relationship is one of reliance. So it shows up in friendships in both positive and negative ways. It's dynamic when it comes to its friendships. It's, sorry, let me start that again. 
this dynamic is positive in supportive friendships as in you're close to your friends and you champion each other which is awesome like that's fantastic if you also know that you are a little bit codependent with your friends you know you can also take a step back if you need to but it shows up in negative ways if it turns into jealousy when another person starts to achieve success or achieving their own things does that make sense so if you have a codependent friendship or a codependent relationship and you love always spending time together and you both are making that conscious choice to always hang out together always be with each other that's fine if you're both making that conscious choice it becomes a negative dynamic if when one person in the dynamic starts to do their own thing and jealousy starts rearing its ugly head in the other person. So it can turn a little bit nasty then. In a romantic sense, when someone or both people feel that they have to give up who they were in order to be in a relationship, that's codependency. So this can cause a relationship to become really isolated and it can really alienate people within a relationship if we feel we have to give up who we were in order to be in the relationship that never feels good and when it comes to the codependent it shows up in a professional sense when we have a team member or a boss who feels that they can't do anything without our approval or help because that is a codependent behavior all right on to the last one and i call this the hot cold now this dynamic is always up and down You break up, then you make up. You're friends, then you're not friends. You argue, then you don't. You might relate to it as the push-pull dynamic, which is probably actually what it's known as. One person is pulling away and the other is pushing closer. One person is hot and they're all in and the other is cold and they're withdrawn. This is a relentless back and forth and I'd say it shows up most in romantic relationships. So I'm just going to give an example in a romantic setting. So one person in the dynamic is keen to get serious ASAP but the other person wants to chill out a bit. It gets intense and then it chills out again. And then we just rinse and repeat. The hot and cold is when you're all in, something happens and you're all out. All of a sudden you were keen and then they started showing interest and then you pull away. Sound familiar? The thing is, we've all got patterns. We're all bringing patterns into to our friendship dynamics, to our relationship dynamics, to just every dynamic. We've all been brought up in certain ways. So you will have a relationship pattern. But we also have attachment styles. And I'm not going to talk about attachment styles because you know what? I didn't write the literature on it, but it's bloody great. So if you're listening to this and you want to know your attachment style to follow up and give more oomph to your identifying your relationship pattern, jump online, search attachment styles there's loads of online tests and it's a really good way to get some insight into yourself but look once we've identified our patterns what do we do if we want to change something about it well you could book a session with me to discuss some personalized strategies but if you're wanting something you know to kickstart with right now i'd suggest starting with number one you need to work on being a better partner or friend yourself and you need to start identifying the things that trigger these behaviors number two You need to work out the ways you're encouraging this behavior in your relationships. Three, work out what you're actually trying to achieve by engaging in this behavior. Four, name the pattern. What is your pattern? And number five, work to break the patterns, especially if it's negatively impacting you or your relationship. And like I said, you can work to break the patterns by yourself. I would definitely recommend you do it with a coach, a therapist, or a psychologist. Yes, I'm giving myself shout outs again here because... 
it is much easier having strategies to break down and understand your relationship patterns with somebody else as opposed to doing the work solo. So like I said, sometimes our patterns, they really can work for us positively. They truly can. So like I said, with the, you know, the, um, the caregiver, the, you know, the parent, the codependent, you know, some of these patterns have some really good positives. So don't listen to this and think it's all doom and gloom because it's certainly not. And like I also said, our patterns are positive at times, but if you find that your pattern isn't, it's up to you to do something about it. Until next time. Bye. If you like what you heard, I'd love for you to leave me a review. If you want to come follow me on socials, Instagram at Megan Luscombe underscore, Twitter, Megan Luscombe, Facebook, Megan.LuscombeAustralia. Australia.